Today on the Heartland Community Church Podcast, teaching pastor Steve Carter continues the Out of Style series with the message, Empathy versus Narcissism. Hey, my name is Steve Carter, and I love what God is doing here. I love the chance to be um, able to kind of be a part of the Out of Style uh, series. And before I dive in, I just want to just say a couple of uh, kind of remarks about this past week. Um, I know for many of us... um, what transpired is just was a little bit difficult uh, for us to kind of see. And I, I'm sure any moment I say what took place in the past week and what transpired makes some of us maybe like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Is he on my side? Is he on the Packers? Like, what's he on? What's, what's happening? You know, we, we just get, we get a little like nervous, don't we? Everything that somebody says, we're like, what are they really saying? What are they really trying to signal? What are they really trying to say? Can I just tell you one thing? Um, I'm not trying to move you left. I'm not trying to move you right. I'm not trying to have you scroll down. I am trying to have you look up. All right? And I I don't know if you understand this. I think a lot of times people are going to try and have you left. I don't care. They're wrong. Right? I don't care. They're not, they're wrong. Down, scrolling down is not going to help you. But kid you not, the only thing where absolute truth is, is when we look up. And what we've got to be is a church that continues to point people to the way of Jesus. In 2 Timothy, the scriptures are really, really clear that that this is like God breathed. And somehow the, the way that the first disciples understood the words of God was as if heaven breathed wisdom. As we breathe in, inhale oxygen into our lungs, it's like heaven's breath into us so that we know how to live. And the truth is, the invitation for a Talmudim, a disciple of Jesus, is to live under the authority of the principles and the teachings of Jesus. But most of us, Most of us often are discipled and shaped and formed not under this, but by other things and other people and other perspectives. And when we gather as a church, what we are saying is that we want to find ourselves living under, not to the left, not to the right, not scrolling down, but looking up so that this heaven's breath, God's inspiration into our lives can allow us to live out the principles. It breaks my heart for where our country is. It breaks my heart for how divided we are. It breaks my heart for the greed, the racism, the brokenness, the pain, the dysfunction, all across the board, it breaks my heart. But I'll tell you what, looking left, looking right, looking down, we'll do nothing unless we as a church can get ready to look up and say, we will do as you say, here am I, use me. And that's the invitation for us. And so I know that we put out a statement this, this week. I got a couple texts. I got some phone calls. Steve, what are you saying? What are you guys doing? And I'm like, oh, what we're saying, what we're doing is pretty easy. We just want to help you understand Jesus' principles. Because if we're going to be a church that looks up, not left, not right, not down, but up, we got to know and be in solidarity together what those principles are. And here's the craziest piece. is for some apparent reason... Those principles have gone out of style. There's a lot of things that I, I, I hope and I pray go out of style. But the Jesus principles, the fruit of the Spirit, words like gentleness and goodness, words like empathy, how did those go out of style? Bell bottoms and flobies, let them go out of style. 
but like lit mullets, let it go out of style. Like there's certain things that should go out of style, but not the principles of Jesus. And so over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see this. TJ has just done an amazing job writing just some in short bursts, three to four paragraphs tops. We're going to have it up on Facebook, on Instagram. Go there and just start your day with saying a lot of things can go out of style. Colors, a lot of things go out of style. Fashion, a lot of things go out of style. But these Jesus principles, straight from God's word, I have to digest them and marinate on them so that they never go out of style. Let's be a church that doesn't look left, doesn't look right, does not get focused on looking down, but is constantly looking up. Amen? Amen. All right. That's a mini sermon right there. Now for the real stuff. Hey, if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah is um, this prophet. We talked about him at Christmas. He was really well known. When he spoke, people listened. And he had these words were prophetic in nature. He said this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And he was kind of painting a picture for what the, the Messiah, in Hebrew, that word Messiah means anointed one. For the Lord has anointed Messiah me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. I love this passage. It's just forecasting what this Messiah will be. Now, uh, I, I love just to try and help this become a little bit more practical. I'll help you see a little bit more how a first century Jewish person would have understood this text. So in Luke chapter four, I'm gonna put my mask on just so that I'm COVID friendly. Um, in, in Luke chapter four, Jesus offers up his first ever sermon. And what he does is he walks, oh, this is gonna be awkward. He walks into a synagogue. And when he walks into a synagogue, he gets to read. Now, back in those days, they, they didn't have a printing press. So the fact that we have like tablets or phones or Bibles, they didn't have it. The community would pool their money and resources together to have a, a Torah scroll, that would be the first five books, and a Tanakh scroll that was known as the Hebrew Scriptures, the entire Old Testament. And the scrolls would be held in the back. And something was so incredible about this is that when those scrolls would come out, almost like in a daily lectionary or a daily reading, they would be read on Sabbath. And there would be this moment that's just so beautiful. And if you've ever been to a synagogue, maybe you've seen this in Israel. But there would be a moment where somebody would go back, and it was usually a younger person or an elder um, in, the, in the community, and what they would do is they would, they would go to the back, and I'm going to demonstrate this, and they would pull out the text. So imagine this. Luke 4, Jesus is up there. All of a sudden, this, let's say a younger person, high school age student, because that's what the disciples were. They were high school age. They go to the far back, and they grab the scroll. Now, the scroll for that week was Isaiah 61 that we know from Luke 4. Now, this is what they would do. They would pull out the scroll. They would be handing it. And all of a sudden, like, they would start to dance. Now, I'm not going to dance because you'd all laugh at me. But what would happen is because of the joy of the scriptures, it would move you to such passion and joy that you would start to dance. Now, what would also happen is when this child is walking or this elder is walking with the scripture, the people in the audience would start blowing kisses. 
would start blowing kisses and start to want to touch the scripture because this, this was like honey. This was like sweet as honey. This was like wisdom. And so all of a sudden you've got this guy who's walking up, people kissing, wanting to touch the text. And then it gets up to this rabbi who's standing up front and the rabbi opens it up and he reads it and he reads, Jesus, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and the prisoners will be, for, be freed. And then this is what Jesus says. And today it is fulfilled. And he rolls it back up. What he's basically saying is, that's why I am here. And everyone in that room was like, wait, wait, what? Wait, wait, aren't you like from Nazareth? Who are you? And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is me. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is why I left heaven. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm about bringing good to those that are poor in spirit, that are in systems and cycles of injustice, that are poor. I, I, my, my job is to come out and, and, and be and comfort the brokenhearted. My job is to just remind those that are captive that they can be released. My job is to tell anybody who's a prisoner, whether in real life or in sin, metaphorically, can find freedom. This, this is what I'm here to do. And really what you begin to see is Jesus modeling a word that is just truly empathetic. He sees a whole culture, a whole group of people that are hurting and broken and fractured, trying to go their own way. They're looking left, they're looking right, they're looking down. But he ends up coming here to say, I want to enter in and help you see how to actually live. Uh, friends, I feel like we're living in a time where empathy has gone out of style. And what I want to do today in our remaining moments together is I want to teach you how you can embody empathy. Because the truth is, every one of us carries, as followers of Jesus, the two names of God's Son. See, God gave His Son the name Jesus, Yeshua, that literally means God's mighty to save, mighty to rescue, redeem, renew. But He also gave Him the name Emmanuel, God with us, with us in our pain, with us in our sadness, with us in our sin, our brokenness, in our wounds. In every conversation, we bring both names. Some of us, we just focus in on one name. We see someone that's hurting, we go, well, God's gonna save you. Or we see something that's broken, God's gonna redeem that. And we struggle to actually enter in. What's so beautiful is that God didn't just make decrees from heaven, he came and joined us. And when you are a person of empathy, you know how to enter in. And I think this has gone out of style because again, we're living in times that are divided. We're living in a times that don't want to acknowledge difficulty. We don't want to acknowledge certain truths. And so we find ourselves just kind of pulling away. And, and what's ended up happening is what's taken the place of empathy in our culture that's been celebrated has been more narcissism. Narcissism. And narcissism is just simply when you can make any conversation about you. <laughs> you can center you. You can center your bias, center your story, center your perspective, center you over everybody else. 
And, and truth be told, you study narcissism and, and you have little moments where someone as a kid, I have a seven-year-old daughter and everything I, she does, she wants dad or mom to see and celebrate, which is fantastic. I want that of her to be true because it teaches her self-confidence. But if she's 38 and she's like, dad, watch me jump in the pool, we probably have a problem, Okay. And, and, and oftentimes right now, this is what we're seeing on social media, what we're seeing in, in, in co-working environments, what we're seeing in conversations. Right now, I'm seeing how people won't even interact with someone who voted differently. And if you don't, you don't come to my position, we can't hang out. You don't have any level of empathy right now. Somehow empathy has just gone out of style. It's seen as weak. And truth be told, the scriptures teach us about this, about how we, if we're going to take the Jesus principles seriously and not look left, not look right, not look down, but be focused to live under the, the teachings of the scriptures, we got to get this right. And Peter, Peter understood this. Peter understood this because he's writing to a church that's going through a, 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 a ton of difficulty. There's a ton of division. There's a lot of struggle. But he writes these words. He goes in 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, all of you, every single one of you, every single one of you who says Jesus is Lord, Savior, and Rabbi of your life, all of you should be of one mind. All of you should be of one mind. And then he offers up four attributes to embody empathy. Four attributes. And we're going to walk through them in a minute. Four attributes to embody empathy. Now, before we do that, I just want you to understand once again, I will always be really, really clear with you of where I stand. I will always be really, really clear. I'm not trying to say one thing or not. I'm not trying to make you get. I will tell you, I do not like the Packers. I do not like Ohio State. I do like Michigan football. I do like the Chicago Bears. I will be very, very clear with you. Now, a couple claps for that. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I need you to understand is this is not about me. This is not about Eric. This is not about Carrington. This is not about Gabe. It's not about this. This is about someone. And when I say that, it takes me back to one of my favorite movies of all time. It was in the 1980s. You probably saw this for the very first time, the scene of Rocky. And Rocky won. There's nothing like it, right? I mean, Rocky, I mean, who, who, who wears sweatpants and a sweatshirt but tucks the sweatshirt into the sweatpants? That's out of style. But Rocky, Rocky was running in the movies, training, this is what he did, and then he gets the whole crowd after he finally wins the, the fight, and he runs, and all of a sudden, all these people start to follow him, and they're following him, and he runs up the stairs, and they're like, Rocky did it, I can do it, and they start running, and he starts punching, and all of a sudden, the theme song's playing, people start making their way up the top of the stairs in Philadelphia, and you can just imagine, imagine, but just stop for a second, this is about Rocky, but what if someone in green was like, no, no, look at me, you see how I ran up those stairs, I'm so awesome, I think this is how many of us, though, live our life. This story is about Jesus. This is God's story. He is the central character in this story. And the central character of the story came to us in our brokenness, in our pain, to give us grace, to give us unconditional love, to give us hope for what the future can be. But somehow, we think that we're Rocky. We're not. We're the girl in the green jacket. 
That's all we are. But the problem is narcissism makes us believe I'm Rocky. My opinion is most important. I'm the one. Center every conversation around me. But truth be told, what this girl little represents to me so beautifully is that she's running around and celebrating the one that needs to be celebrated. Have you ever been in a conversation where you were honest, you were human, you were talking about your struggle, and somehow in the middle of that conversation, it got hijacked and became more about them than you? You're like, wait, 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 that's not empathy. Something got sabotaged. And so what I want to do is I want to walk you through because empathy has gone out of style. And if we're going to reclaim the Jesus principles, not look left, not look right, not look down, but live under this book, we've got to embody these. And so back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. We all got to be in tune and in harmony together. And then it says this, sympathize with each other. First way to embody empathy is that we have to master the art of sympathizing with each other. And this word sympathy, really, it, it, in many ways, it's a weak word. It's not a word of strength. So many of us don't want to show sympathy. A sympathy really, when you begin to kind of understand it in the original language, it really is, centers around how is your fellow blank feeling? How is your fellow neighbor feeling? How is your fellow family member feeling? How is your fellow coworker feeling? How are they actually feeling? And when you can begin to recognize how someone's feeling, not just, oh, I can see they're hurting, but that you can actually begin to empathize and enter in, literally exit your own agenda, your own bias, which is so hard to do, but exit your own feelings and visit their position. And when's the last time you've actually chosen and decided in the middle of a conversation with your spouse, in the middle of a conversation with your child, in the middle of, of a conversation with someone you disagreed with, to literally say, I'm going to actually, because this is a Jesus principle, to kind of show some sympathy, but I'm actually going to enter and visit their position. Doesn't mean I'm going to build a house there. Doesn't mean I'm going like, to buy property there, but I'm literally going to go visit and see how they see. I mean, when you actually want to embody empathy, you are literally exiting you and entering in. This is what Jesus modeled. Exit heaven, enter here, into our brokenness, into our dysfunction, into our system of injustice and power and corruption, all of that so that we could actually experience what grace and hope and peace and love is. If we're going to actually embody empathy, Empathy, we got to learn to show some sympathy with each other. Second way to embody empathy is that we have to love each other as brothers and sisters. And that word love right there is the word uh, Philadelphia. It's kind of where we get that, that idea, city, city of brotherly love. In the Greek culture, there were multiple types of love. Eros, which was like where we get the word erotic, like sexual love. Agape, which was unconditional love. Storge, which was like kind of like philosophical love. Or, or if you had this sense of like, like relational, brotherly, sisterly, it was phileo, Philadelphia, brotherly, sisterly love. And our job is to love because we recognize that every single person, whether they know it or not, was created by our heavenly father. And if they were created by our heavenly father, then they're 
every person we come in contact or come across, whether online, whether in person, is just one prayer away from being a family member of ours. And when you actually love as if they're a family member, it changes. It changes. I posted something on social media this week and some people just took offense. And, and I, I remember just, just saying, I've got a choice here. I can power up. I can get curious. Or I can start from a position of love. And starting with, from a position of love just changed the conversation and changed my response. But for many of us, we'd rather be right than love. We'd rather set up walls than love. We'd rather let fear drive us. Well, what if they, they, it looks like they're winning instead of love? Or we're afraid that if we actually engage with them and embody empathy, well, what might other people think? And my conversation is, you know what? Stop looking to the left or the right, wondering what they'll think, and stop look, start looking up and going, what might God think when we embody what his son embodied? First way to embody empathy, man, how's your fellow neighbor doing? Show sympathy. Second way to embody empathy is you gotta love your brother and sister. Everyone is just one prayer away from being in the family of God. Number three, be tenderhearted. For many of us, we're hard-hearted, if we're honest. There's certain topics we don't talk about. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about how our marriage is really doing. We don't talk about our addictive patterns. We don't talk about our triggers. We don't talk about our bias. We don't talk about things that we really don't want anybody to know. So there's parts of us that are hard-hearted. I have them. There's parts of me that God is just chiseling away at. But here the command is if we're going to embody empathy, we've got to be tender-hearted, soft-hearted. Again, it feels weak. But I'll tell you what, when you're hard-hearted, you literally box out God. You don't need him. Because you've already got it and your mind made up. It's hard to embody empathy when like you've already got your mind made up. That's where pride wins. But when you're tender-hearted, you actually care for what God has birthed into this world. What's amazing is that we're tender-hearted. In Greek, the original language, it's, it's eusplakna, which is just awesome. Splakna is like where we get the word bowel movement, which is just weird. Where you're like tender-hearted, bowels, what does that mean? But here's the thing, is that understanding was that we feel compassion, we feel tenderness in our bowels. I mean, remember the first time when you woke up in the, early on September 11th and you watched planes crashing into the World Trade Center. There's probably something inside you that you're like, this is not okay. You felt it. You probably had experiences where you're like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You felt it. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was just online. I went to just a news outlet website and I, I clicked on it and it said shooting in Illinois. So I clicked on it again and all of a sudden I saw in Rockford. And I remember looking at this going, oh my goodness. And then I, I kept reading and I read about Don Carter Lanes. And I'm like, every time I drive into Rockford, I pass that place. And I could feel it, splachna, inside my gut. This is not okay. This is not all right. Even yesterday as I was driving into town, beautifully underneath the Don Carter Lane sign, it just said, love heals all. And it was so beautiful to me. 
But man, we've had those moments where like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not okay. And I'm sure over the last couple of years, you've seen moment after moment after moment on the news where something inside you is like, this is not what God dreams. And friends, when you can actually personalize it and hear somebody else's experience and say, it's just not the way I, my, my life was supposed to be. This is not what I dreamed for me. This is not what is okay. This is broken. You begin to be tenderhearted. You begin to embody empathy. And that word, usplakna, where we get the word compassion or tenderhearted, it's the plural form of the word womb. And literally, when you're tenderhearted or compassionate, you're wombish, made up word, yes. But you care for what God has birthed into this world. And when you embody empathy, you can look across the aisle. You can look across the political divide. You can look across the bridge in Rockford. You can look across for someone you might disagree with. You can look across and yet you can have tender-hearted compassion because you recognize God birthed them into this world. If you see them as a threat or if you see them in some other context, I kid you not, you will struggle to be compassionate and tender-hearted and you because of those decisions, will really, really struggle to embody empathy. Embody empathy, number one, man, you gotta, you gotta show sympathy. How's my fellow neighbor, my fellow child, my, my fellow coworker doing and feeling? Two, you gotta love your brothers and sisters. You gotta embody Philadelphia. You gotta love because God created them and you gotta be tenderhearted God birthed them into this world. They matter, they matter, they matter, they matter. Visit their position. And then lastly, and keep a humble attitude. This is really, really hard. Because sometimes when you see someone who's in a moment of just being tender themselves or sensitive, it's really easy for you to say, I told you so. It's really easy for you to actually kind of, I was right. It's really easy for you to, to stop visiting their position and start pointing out all the areas in their life where they've totally train wrecked and self-sabotaged and the reasons why. But when you show humility, again, it's this how low can you go entering in because you recognize how low Christ went to save you, you're like, I'm gonna embody this. This is deep cruciform living. This is deeply us attaching our one and only life to the way of the cross and saying, I'm gonna keep this humble mindedness because sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes it's difficult. And when we're humble, man, we have the right soil for God to actually birth the best kind of goodness, the best kind of fruits of the spirit. But man, when we're, when we're like, minds made up, heels stuck in the ground, we're just firm and planted in us, not in Jesus, all of a sudden, we don't need God. We don't need the whispers of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be overwhelmed by his love. And what ends up going out of style is humility, compassion, love, sympathy, and truly empathy. Our world needs the Jesus principle of empathy. So I, I look at this, it's a list of four. And how many for you right now, if you could think about a person in your life going, man, I'm really, really struggling to actually care how my fellow is doing. And think about someone you disagree with. I'm really, really struggling with how to visit their position. 
Or maybe for some of you, it's just, I'm struggling not to fear them, not be angry at them, not, God forbid, hate them. I, 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 I just, I can't even like them. Maybe God's just saying right now, man, if you're gonna embody empathy, you gotta love like I love. You gotta love when it doesn't make sense. You gotta love when you're gonna be rejected. It just goes against everything we learned in junior high. Or, or maybe for some of you, it's being tenderhearted. Just struggle. Struggle like actually caring for this person because God birthed them into this world. Actually feeling their side of the story. Actually feeling their experience, even if it's wildly different than mine. Because it's so much easier to, to, for me to paint a story based on my experience. Or lastly, just being humble. Recognizing God, I don't know it all. I have a disposition to look left or look right or look down, but God, keep me humble just to, to look up, to live under this book. There's something that beautiful happens when, when we do this is that we actually seem, when we do these four well and embody empathy, we actually seem to live in tune and in step and in harmony with the principles of Jesus. I'm gonna invite the band out because I wanna just show you one last kind of picture. I love how it says, finally, all of you should be of one mind. And what's incredible about this is really you could translate that of one mind to literally be in harmony, to be in tune. Now, I, I love Gabe. Gabe's a fantastic musician. He's just uh, done an amazing job really leading and shepherding and pastoring our worship team. And, and you know, I don't know much about music, to be honest. Um, I was in a punk band back in the day, but I didn't play. They just gave me a mic and it was improv. We made up songs on the spot. We travel all over California and just literally make up songs on the spot. You can imagine how bad that went. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I don't know, I don't know necessarily when I'm sitting in the, in the audience listening, I can't really tell when somebody's messing up. But every once in a while, I'll just kind of be like, oh, that, that seemed out of tune. That seemed a little off. And you probably have this moment sometimes when you're, you're kind of in a conversation with someone and, and you're like engaging or maybe you're sharing your heart about where you're at, the wounds, the pains, the addictions, the struggle, just the honest and human reality of your daily existence. And somehow their reaction to you just feels a little out of tune, a little off. And you're like, that's weird. That's weird. I mean, this song, Build My Life, when it's played right, it, it doesn't sound like that. Okay, play Build My Life right, Gabe. <laughs> Gee, you know how that sounds. Sweet. Sounds good. But like, you remove sympathy, you remove love, you remove being tenderhearted or being humble. All of a sudden, that song just gets a little out of tune and sounds a little like this. It's just painful. It's not what you want to build your life on. And I think, honestly, when we all gather together, we're learning our play for the week. The church is like this beautiful huddle where we come together and say, you know what we're gonna do this week? We're actually gonna be people who actually embody something that's been out of style, which is empathy. 
And this week, even when it makes no sense, we're going to show some sympathy. Even this week, when it makes no sense, when fear wants to take over, we're going to love. And we're actually going to be compassionate and tenderhearted. And we are going to be humble-minded. Why? Because that's what Jesus modeled for us. That's our play for the week, Heartland. And somehow, we have to fight against looking left, looking right, looking down, but staying fixed and focused on our true north and living under the authority of this book. We're going to sing this song, Build My Life, just a couple, couple lines. And then Eric's going to come up and lead us in communion. And I love communion because it's, it's like this ancient practice where we are choosing to say, man, to tend to Christ's presence just through a cup and some bread, tend to his presence. And when we tend to his presence here at this table, then at every other table that we find ourselves in, the dinner table, the work table, no matter whatever table we're at, because we've learned how to tend to his presence here, we can tend to his presence out there. And we can see how God and Christ begin to shape us so that we can be in tune with him and with, in tune with each other to show sympathy, to love our brothers and sisters, to be tender-hearted, and to be humble in everything that we do. Heartland, let's not look left, let's not look right, let's not look down, but let's look up and embody empathy. Amen? Amen. You've been listening to Teaching Pastor Steve Carter with part two of the series, Out of Style, with the message, Empathy versus Narcissism. You can experience the service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page. Or go to our YouTube channel at heartlandcc rockford, and you can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.